0: You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. All right, everybody, welcome to the Not Ultra Classified podcast. This should be episode two out of 20. If you listen to the last episode, I have a goal this year to do 20, at least 20 episodes in 2020. So this should be. 2 out of 20, so please keep me accountable. I believe this is episode number 36, so welcome. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, our podcast is also available on Stitcher, Spotify, Tuned In, Google Play, wherever you need to listen to your podcasts, we're available. Also, I, I, I always fail to or forget to mention this. We do have a not elsewhere classified podcast a Facebook group. So if you look, at, if you're in Facebook, of course, I'm sure everybody is. Just go look up the not elsewhere classified group. There's the page, but then there's the group. It's a small group of people. Um, I'm very intimate in that group, sharing my thoughts on the episode on how it went. I'm always looking for feedback and I think I get the best feedback in that group. Next, I do want to talk about our partners. I do want to thank them, uh, the partners that have chosen to uh, work with us, help support the podcast through the use of their uh, affiliate links, so you can go to medicalcodinggeek.com/partners. You can also go to medicalcodinggeek.com/promos to get special pricing. Some of the companies that have joined up with us are include uh, the Howland Consulting Group, Project Resume, RadRX, Find a Code, uh, and so much more. So again, check out those websites. Lastly, I do want to talk about uh, speaking events. Uh, Last time I talked about how many I did, it went from like four to 12. Uh, So far I have five for you (laughs) right now. Uh, February 8th, I've been invited by the South Florida Health Information Management Association to come back to my hometown of Miami. I will be speaking at, I believe it's their compliance symposium over at Miami-Dade College. So if you're in the South Florida area, please make sure to attend at least to say hello, right? Uh, So it it will be good to be back. On February 19th, 1-9, I've been invited to speak at their virtual meeting uh, in Mid-Columbia, Washington. That's their AAPC local chapter. April 7th, I will be at HealthCon in Orlando at the Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, April 21st, Tony L. Holmes, remember she had an episode, she invited me to speak at the Greater Orlando Chapter AAPC, April 21st, and then July 15th, the Florida Health Information Management Association at the Swan and Dolphin Resort, Swan and Dolphin Hotel, I will be the closing keynote speaker, again July 15th, so those are the dates so far. If you want to invite me as a guest speaker for your event, you can always check me out on LinkedIn or you can go to medicalcodinggeek.com. All right, so today's episode is about test taking. So we've had in the past uh, people who have talked about their test. Uh, We had Erica Breddy. I mentioned a little bit about uh, some last minute test taking tips so if you catch that there but i went to i i I did this episode a while back um not too long ago Uh, i did a at least a 30 minute session and this is based upon uh a two things a an article i did on linkedin back in 2015 so it was one of my first articles that kind of uh helped me uh push the content creation a little bit more Want to gain a little bit of attention and also this is also a combined effort with the with a presentation I did at Fahima Florida Health Information Management Association in 2016. So if you are planning to take an exam, whatever it may be, this episode may be something you might want to listen to. <laughs> All right. So here is my solo episode. Enjoy. Let's begin. So, I'm sure you are listening today to this uh, episode because you are probably wanting to get some tips, advice on how to prepare and take your certification exam. But before I begin, uh, just to give you a bit of background on how this presentation or this podcast episode originated back in 2015. So if you've listened to the podcast, you know that Medical Coding Geek, all of that started out as a tutoring gig. And one of the things that I did to help market, I guess, my potential business, tutoring business, was to create a article on LinkedIn. And I n- had to figure out, well, what's the best way of catching the attention of the audience? And, and, and I guess during research in Facebook groups, et cetera, people were saying, well, I failed my exam. What do I do next? I failed my exam. And what do I do next? And that really resonated with me. I guess I, I tied to that experience or that, that the word failure. And I created an article uh, on LinkedIn called what do you do after you fail your medical coding exam. And this was a a compilation of what I observe with other people in the Facebook community on what Facebook coding community actually and try to figure out well how can I help them. And in that time, in Facebook groups, all these Facebook medical coding groups, I offered my advice. And so I felt, well, it was up to a certain point that I found myself repeating the same advice. And so if you've listened to previous podcast episodes, I say, well, if you're going to create a podcast, it's going to be your portfolio. So I might as well add this part, which I intentionally wanted to release early on but never got a chance to until today. So 2020 is the day. <laughs> 2020 is the year to, to get this done. So here, in, in actuality, what I did with this presentation, you can go to LinkedIn. I'll put up the links into the show notes, and you'll find it. Uh, it gives you great information on that. I'm going to go over it. But just to give you an idea what has happened with that, is I actually took this presentation, and uh, took this article, sorry, and turned it into a presentation that I presented the year later at the Florida Health Information Management Association conference, which was my first state speaking opportunity. So with that being said, i just kind of going off on a tangent here. If you create an article, that potentially becomes your presentation, and that kind of Uh, leverages you or catapults you into the speaking world. All right, so let's go ahead and begin. You guys are probably planning to take a test or maybe you have failed a test. We have previous podcast episodes on people who have failed, one of them being uh, Jessica Olson, who who failed the CPC exam seven times. So you could take a listen to that. But this one is more what I have created, all right? So again... I'm I'm not going to try and read off of the article, uh, but I'm going to try and touch on some of the uh, some of the bullet points that I think I could elaborate on. I'm very good at that kind of cr- when I create presentations. It's always well, let's create the bullet points and and let me figure my <laughs> way out in the presentation. All right, so the idea is really learning from your mistakes. And if you have not made the mistakes yet, I think it's best to know what the mistakes can be. And just some of the things that I have noticed as well, you know, I didn't prepare or uh, enough. I did this. I did that. I used this study guide. And, and I think well, a lot of the worries as well, is there a right study guide? I I I couldn't really answer to that. And it really comes down to your preparation. But this is not the full preparation. I want to give this, this 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 disclaimer. It's just only a piece of what you need to do to get you to the point of passing the exam. And I base this on a, at least my previous experience when I did the RHIA, back in 2004. So I graduated in 2003 with a bachelor's in HIM and 2004, I took my test and I pulled in from 2004 that experience on passing the exam. And one of the first things that I did was, let me get two more. I have two presentations up. I have one, uh, the LinkedIn article I'm going to try to pass and kind of transition between the two. But one of the first things that you have to do first, and I think it applies for anything, is if you have a goal uh, of becoming RHIA, CCS, CPC, CCDS, whatever it may be, if you really want to achieve that certification, the first thing, of course, you have to do before achieving that certification is taking that exam. And before taking that exam, you have to schedule yourself for the exam. And when I was tutoring and I took in, I guess, a lot of consultation calls, I, the first thing I ask is, well, did you schedule yourself for the exam? And they say no. And I'm like, why not? And I said, well, I'm scared. Well, if you're scared going in to the exam, you're going to be... You're gonna have a lot of anxiety, and you, that's the first thing that you don't want to have is fear and anxiety going into preparation, and then fear and anxiety taking the exam, and then you're just a total wreck by the time you finish. So first thing first, if you are serious about taking or becoming whatever certification or achieving or obtaining whatever certification that you want, you must schedule the exam now. I know there's a time period from the time that you schedule the exam to when you take the exam. That's my point is if you schedule yourself yourself the exam, you are setting in stone that I have this amount of time made before. I remember when I when I took the RHA exam, I had six months. So I think AHIMA has kind of changed that. And when I took my CDIP back in 2015, it was four months. So once you schedule your exam, you're given essentially about four months. That's good enough time, at least from from what I have the d- d- experienced to to work with. And that's what you need to know is what are you going to work with to to prepare for your exam? If you don't have the set time to prepare, it could be a year, it could if you just don't know, then you're not able to set a specific schedule as Erica Brady, Brady, sorry, uh, did in her episode as she prepared for exam. If you don't know how long you need to prepare, you cannot set a specific training preparation schedule to to do whatever you need to do. Okay, so just to give you an example, I did the CDAP in 2015. I just finished a marathon in December. I started training in January, so I knew every month I needed to achieve a certain amount of mileage, a certain goal. I break the goals into little nuggets before I can achieve the big goal of 26.1 miles. So if you're not setting the time frame, you cannot... Schedule, and if you don't schedule yourself for the exam, you're never gonna take the exam. <laughs> I just, I just figured that. And a lot of people that come to me looking for tutoring advice, I, I won't accept them. I wouldn't have accepted them if they never scheduled themselves for the exam. Why? Because if they didn't schedule themselves and they asked for tutoring and they never, and they never take the exam, well, all of that tutoring goes out the window. And I wanted to make sure that tutoring at that time was effective. Okay, uh, so once you schedule yourself for the exam, I think moving forward, and this is going back to my LinkedIn article, the people that have failed, they already have something that is golden to them, and that is their score report. Now, over the years, I, and I realize over the years, the The score report has changed, and I know from AHIMA they removed out the uh, percentages, which I don't know why they did that, but um, to me at the time was golden. So, so as an update, then if you're gonna, the first thing you have to do after taking your or scheduling yourself for the exam is to take a mock exam. The first instinct when you start preparing is to start reading, reading your books and, and answering questions to prepare yourself for a mock exam. And I I, I, I flipped it around. At least a lot of people who have realized this have flipped this around and I've been promoting. Look, you got to take your mock exam first in the anticipation that you're going to fail, <laughs> You don't take a mock exam to pass. Again, that's the reason why it's called a mock. You have to use the word, the term mock. It's fake. And you use that environment. Even though you're going to go in thinking it's the real exam, it's still a mock exam. But your anticipation is to know that you are potentially going to fail the exam only because you did not prepare. The reason why I want you to take the mock exam up front is because it's going to gauge on what you know. You need to set a foundation. You need to set, in medical, clinical terms, a baseline. If you don't know what your baseline, then basically you're just going to study the whole book, waste a lot of energy and time in preparation. And that's what you don't want. You want to focus on areas that you are weak in, And and as I always say, refresh on areas that you are strong in, okay? So take a mock exam. Don't study for it. Just pick it up, take it, go through it. And I think when you have the mentality of okay, this is going to be a relaxed environment. I'm going to take a mock exam. I really am not going to be worried and anxious taking this exam because I I know I'm I realize that I am going to fail it no matter what because I never prepared for it. That attitude when you take yourself into the exam. I, I actually created another another article on LinkedIn. Uh, I had to deal with nachos <laughs> but but when i took my c d i p mock exam, i remember it clearly i grabbed a i think i ordered a, or i i made it i made some nachos right and and i sat down and i took the exam i didn't time myself. Uh, and really, I just decided, hey, let's just take it. I'm going to relax. And when you are in that type of mode of relaxation, taking an exam, can you imagine your mentality going into the actual exam? You're going to be relaxed. Okay, that's what happened to me. I took the exam, ate nachos, had a good meal. I just answered as if I was just, you know, sitting around in the house, just answering questions. All right, I'm done. And when you're done, that that's going to give you an idea of what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think that's very important. Going first in in preparing for your exam, regardless if it's a retake or not. If you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are, then you're going in blind and you're going to waste some time. And so in my presentation, I talk about the parietal principle. Basically, is the the 80-20 principle and where you... Really focus on the areas that you have the most problems with, and that is usually uh, 20% of the whole of the exam, and or anything. 20% of your problems will result in 80% of the of the results or the effects. Okay, so if you turn this around, 20% of the problems may be creating uh, 80% of your <laughs> of your worries. And really, when you're trying to approach this exam, you really don't have to study as much at all. Okay. Or really, when I say study, the real word is just get down to the fundamentals and relearn it and really build yourself back up to where you okay, I have a good understanding, and then trying to pass the exam. So again, Mock exam. Well, first of all, schedule yourself for the exam. I'm gonna always go back. Schedule yourself for the exam. Schedule your mock exam, or take a mock exam. You could take it online. I'm sure AHIMA has it. I'm. I believe AAPC have has it. I can only speak for AHIMA. I know there are mock exams in your book, uh, so or study guides. You can uh, you. Could, you can definitely do that, and just have at it once you've established your base your baseline of strength and weaknesses, then that's where you work on your weaknesses. all right? And one of the things that I kind of teach is well when you when you for, yes, when you understand what your weaknesses are, yes, you want to read up on it and then and then tick the questions. But I again, flip it around is, well, if you are, well, ultimately, when you take the exam, you're going to be in an environment of answering questions. So why not study from questions? Why not go straight to the questions and figure out What's going on? So this is going into my second part. What, whenever I talk to people, is okay. You stop. You you schedule yourself for the test. You take in your mock exam. You know what your baselines are, your weaknesses, and your strengths. Now we're gonna work on our weaknesses. And so when you prepare, yes, you're gonna read the book. Whatever you gotta do. All right. But ultimately, your 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 uh, objective, your main training should be focusing on the questions because that's all you're going to be doing in the exam is looking at questions. Now, it's not about trying to answer the question. Okay. You have to study from the question, meaning, okay, well, I'm not trying to answer it. I really want to study it. How do you study it? First of all, you're going to read the question. Of course, you have to. But, As you are reading the question, you have to really ask yourself, well, what is this question really asking me? What is this question really asking me? And you've heard the term abstract concepts. What is the concept of the question? And that really is what you're trying to do, is look at the question as well. What is this asking me to do? What is this question trying to uh, make me pull from, from my education and training, okay, uh, one of them that I've always had to deal with was the data sets, right, or one of the people that I used to tutor was a lot of the data sets, okay, well, data sets, even though you don't know what the data sets are, that should should help you guide you in your book learning, your book, your book studying, All right, data sets. What do I know about data sets? All right, so then that's where you establish your baseline. Okay, that's how you kind of break down your weaknesses. All right, data sets. What are data sets? And then you know there's different types of data sets according to the type of specialty or um, not really specialty but hospital setting or uh, healthcare setting. Okay, and you break yourself. You really deconstruct your way through. And if you guys have sat through presentations on my CDI, the CDI Mindset, you would know about doing um, the mind maps and those definitely help out a lot. So that's another uh, presentation in itself. So again, uh, study the question, pull out the concept, right? And and figure out how do you do it? All right. Now, it's not about studying the question, but also as you're taking, as you're looking at the question, look at the answers, analyze the answers. Because if you guys take in your SATs, you guys figure out there. You know when you take an a SAT prep, you know that there's some strategies to it, right? But when you're trying to study through questions, you have to look at the answers. All right, which one is not the answer? Uh, which one is the answer? Which one applies to the concept that the question is asking me? But it's not so much trying to find the right answers, answer or answers. It's really also figuring out well what is the wrong answer. All right, which one sticks out like a sore thumb? And it's not about okay, well that's the wrong answer. I'm going to move forward. Well, what does that wrong answer mean? What is that all about? Because if you, if you at least know, like, so let's let's put it this way: if you have four choices and you don't know. what three of them are, but you know what one of them is, and you know that that one is not the answer. Well, that could help you out there. And I'm sure when they ask questions like the the negative types of questions, well, which one is not uh, the choice, for example, then that would actually help you out too. So don't discount any of the choices as you're studying the exam. Just note the right ones, study the right ones, but also Get a sense of what the wrong answer is, and that should also take add, add on to what you need to study for. So hopefully that helps out. There is no sense in memorizing your study guide questions. The reason why I say that is, of course, the tests always change, the formats always change, and if you're anticipating the question that you have been studying in your study guide to be on the exam well that's where you run into problems a couple years back i actually posted a picture of ronda rousey at the time she was uh the ufc i believe is walterweight bantamweight bantamweight champion and and in that picture i said well if a MMA trainer has to train to anticipate uh, something that is unknown, the same way you should be preparing yourself for your certification exam. So studying or memorizing questions is not the way. As I previously mentioned before, you have to study the question in such a way that you're pulling the concepts now every question is going to be different so it has to go back to the basic question what is this question going to uh, ask of me to do now the the exam in itself should be a training environment for professionals for coders for health information management professionals for cdi professionals and when you take when you look at the question, you should be in that environment. In other words, you have to look at the question and figure out how do I solve the problem? And in order for you to solve the problem, you have to identify what the workflow is. So when you're preparing for your exam, when you're trying to study in the books, put everything in a certain time order or some somehow of a workflow where does this fit in a certain workflow? If I were a CDI specialist, if I were an HIM manager, if I were a coder, now in for, for in order for you to understand what the workflow is, you have to be or have some form of experience in that environment. So a lot of, I know many of the the HIM programs they offer, some form of internship, externship, whatever it may be. It's also applicable to coding. Take advantage of that before you take the exam because it'll be a little bit easier. If you're already in healthcare, I think just having a good understanding of where where you fit along the timeline or workflow, healthcare workflow, most importantly, the revenue cycle management process, if you know where you fit into that and how each of those little components or domains, how does it fit into that workflow? It'll make it so much easier rather than trying to figure, well, what is this term? What is this term? And what does this definition mean? If you go in it more with a holistic approach in your studying, in your preparation, it'll make sense. It'll click. Because if you're trying to figure out, well, what does that mean? And you don't know where exactly where it falls under in the healthcare realm. Then once you if you do pass your exam, and you go out there in the real world, it's going to be so much tougher because that happened to me, I, I took that approach of term and definition trying to figure it out Passed the exam, I did great. Well, not really, I I, I barely passed, but I passed. But well, when I got into my directorship position, I, I, I kind of panicked because I didn't know exactly where it fit or where did I need to begin. So then I had to go hide in my office and grab a book, uh, one of the HIM books, and go back to square one. You don't want that to happen. <clears throat> so you want to have that experience. Study exam ask what that question is asking and apply to workflow. If you don't have the the, the experience in the workflow, then get it, go volunteer, do an internship, do an externship, whatever it may be to help you along the way. One of the things that I do in my CDA presentation is talk about mind maps. Now, mind maps, you can look it up on Google, but it's really an, a visualistic way of studying where you have a central idea and you have you draw lines and circles from that central idea to help I guess in a way deconstruct what that concept is and then you put it back all together and you you fully appreciate the total concept really it's really trying to take a puzzle that was already done break it and put it back together again the deconstruction process so that we have a holistic approach and full understanding of what it is so when you do that and apply the different concepts those mini pieces of the puzzle can actually translate to other parts of certain concepts and when you when you do that then you are actually within creating the mind maps it may be a bit weird but when you create those mind maps, then you're actually essentially making another piece of the puzzle. And that piece of the puzzle is workflow. So if you can, I figure out, well, how does this fit everything that I am studying? What is the specific timeline or where does it fit in this specific workflow in order for you to create that bigger picture? So the last thing I'm going to talk about is the d- the day of the exam. Uh, to give you a bit of reference, go to Erica Brady's podcast episode where she dis- where we discuss how she what her experience in taking the exam. It's funny because I the night before <clears throat> she took the exam, I gave her a lot of advice, but I think she panicked. <laughs> It went out the window, but I'm going to give the same advice to you that I gave to her that if somebody asks me, I'm going to share this podcast episode with that person. So when you take your exam, so you've done everything that I've told you, hopefully, or you've done your own method of preparation. It doesn't matter to me. Once you get to the exam room, you do your thing, you check in. So once you are actually in the exam chair with the computer or if you're in a, you know, in the environment for AAPC, I'm sure you guys are taking the bubble, uh, exam tests, the proctor exam. Here's what I always tell people. number The first thing you got to do is the objective is to take or go over the exam four times. I think four is a good number because it it allows you to. review the test many times. Now, the first time that you go through an exam, or as I would say, the first pass. So your first pass through the exam, you're gung-ho, you're ready to go, you you have a bunch of jitters. The first thing you got to do is just answer the questions you know. No questions asked, no doubts. If you look at the question, like, I know the answer for sure, 100% answer it. So go through whatever, how many questions, it could be 180 questions, whatever it may be, go through that first pass, answer the question. If you know it, if you 100% know it. Okay. So by that time you go through the first pass, all right. So first pass, answer all the questions you do know Pass the ones you don't know. So if you read, so let's say you read the question, like I have no clue. Okay, forget it move on to the next question. If you read the next question, okay, I, I 100% know it, answer it, put it down. Like you already know the answer. You're you're 100% sure. Now, you repeat the the process at least for me it was two times, two more times. All right? Now, the the multiple passes are very helpful because if you In the first pass, read, let's say, one question, you don't know what it was, but you have an idea of what it could be. Upon that second pass, you're continuing to read the question and absorb the question and finally ask yourself, what is this question really asking me? Remember, go back to your training, your Jedi training, and remember, ask yourself the question, what is this question asking me? So the second pass, do it again. But if by the second time you read it, okay, I know the answer. All right, then go for it. Go for it. Answer that question. Okay, by the third time, you know, you've already probably answered maybe 50% to 75%. That's great. So by the third time around, okay, it may be like, okay, you only have a few questions left. Then you really have to sit down and figure it out. Remember, you have about two one to two minutes per question. Okay, so you don't want to really have a a deep uh, analytical uh, moment with that question. You don't really don't want to spend too much time. So in the third pass, look at it again, analyze it a bit. If you can get the answer, go for it. Okay, because remember, it's all about time management. You don't have a, a good amount of time to figure it out. That's what exams are for. It's Putting pressure on you by adding the the element of time so by the third time if you don't know the question well then that's where you hopefully are down to maybe a few questions maybe like 10 percent five percent and by that time by the fourth pass you are you know for me the for well just for my experience it took up until the third pass all right so in the third pass I only had like a few questions, maybe like one, two, maybe three questions left that I sure did not know. Okay. <clears throat> so I left it up for the fourth pass. It's really your Hail Mary. it's really your Hail Mary pass. And by the fourth pass I went over, I looked at by the last pass, so the fourth pass, okay? You go through every question in detail. Make sure that they number one, that there is an answer to that question that you've already played, you've you have placed. Number two, look at the question one more time, making sure that you answered it correctly. If there's anything that you had missed that may have altered your question. Uh, this may be a tough scenario because a lot of times where people say, Well, I wish I had not changed that question. Uh, there were, there was a one time that I had placed, I was one, I thought it was a 100% um, sure that this answer was for this question or the question was answered for this answer and I was wrong because I read it wrong. So I was rushing. So make sure that you check the question to see if you fully appreciate, appreciate the question. Don't second guess yourself. Just go through and say, is there any information that I have missed? Okay, and that may alter the question. That's one thing that you have to consider. And of course, I go through it. There are some questions like, "Oh, I missed this part of the graph, and I needed to alter it, and that changed my my answer." All right. So make sure every question is answered. And for those few questions, really, that you you really don't answer, you cannot answer because you don't. You seriously don't know. Well, I mean, that's where you have to kind of buckle down and do the <laughs> you have a one in four chance, right? Uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. take take your chance. All right, that's where you kind of have to guess. Give the best guess you can. And this is where it drives down to what are what is the wrong answer process of elimination, etc, etc, all the stuff that you learn in your uh, SAT preparation. That's where <laughs> that's where you really apply it. Okay, so by the fourth time I I was actually done an hour early uh, and I felt pretty confident. And so that's where I passed uh, the CDIP exam. So that is the my little uh, mini episode on how to take tests, prepare for tests, etc. Now, let me leave you with this uh, quote that I left in the, the LinkedIn article. Failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something we can avoid by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Uh, That quote is by Dennis Whaley. So there you have it. Hopefully those tips will help you in preparation for your exam. And also at the time that you take your test, remember you have to be calm during this whole entire session. I don't want you to freak out <laughs> and lose it, because uh, I want you to take those tips, uh, you know, to heart and, and apply them everywhere you go. All right. So again, thank you for listening. Again, check out our Facebook group, Not Elsewhere Classified Podcast. You can check out all Medical Coding Geek, Not also Classified, and Facebook, all social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Please make sure to check out our partners, medicalcodinggeeks.com slash promos, medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. And also, uh, if you need a speaker, I have about at least five five events so far booked. I have one planning in September as of this recording. Uh, so please book uh, ahead in advance. Again, I'd love to do speaking events. Uh, we can always talk. Again, go to medicalcodinggeek.com. Uh, You can email email me at bcui at medicalcodinggeek.com or you can check me out on LinkedIn. All right, thank you guys very much. See you guys later. Medicalcodinggeek.com